Hey, this is Stevie Rochelle from Tough and Metal Sludge, your favorite website. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? We rock! But the evil that men do lives on. We gonna bang your You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. I'll tell you what, spring is here and I couldn't be more excited. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Music Mania Podcast. It is always a pleasure to have you along in another show, guys. This week, it is too big for just one guest. We have two coming on because, you know what? You want less of me, more of the guests. That's what this show is about. You already know the songs. This show, we tell you the stories, and we're going to be delving in uh, with our two guests this week, uh, including Damon Johnson, former Alice Cooper guitarist. Of course, you know him from Black Star Riders, Thin Lizzy, uh, Brother Kane. Damon is a, a tremendous guitarist, and he has a new album out called Memoirs of an Uprising. It is uh, absolutely tremendous, and he's really exercising his uh, his uh, guitar talents and his vocal talents on this album. Uh, not only that, but we have former White Lion frontman Mike Tramp, who's going to be joining us again. I think this is the fourth time we've had Mike join us. And it's always a pleasure because as we go back to 2013, Mike was the first guest that we ever had on this podcast. He took a chance with us when I was just getting things started and just wanted to interview musicians, you know, especially from uh, from that 80s era. And Mike took a chance. Uh, we did an interview, I believe, back in 2013 when he was doing maybe his first U.S. solo acoustic tour. And now having him back on for the fourth time and just solidifying him as one of our favorite guests and just a very thought-provoking person. Um, going to be really cool to talk to him about everything that he's up to. He's touring the U.S. right now as we speak. Back on the road, he drives himself around six to seven hours a day to get to these venues. He plays uh, a two-hour acoustic set. He's going to be out there doing uh, doing this all over the U.S. and all over the world, really, coming up. And we're so excited for him. Um, you can go to his website. It's miketramp.dk to get info on his latest album, which is Stray from the Flock. Um, this is a really good album, and, and Mike is always one that's very thought-provoking. He is very in tune to political climates, especially here in America, and he doesn't mind uh, voicing his opinion through his music. And he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot of, of opinions, and he's just um, a really good down-to-earth guy. So make sure you go to his website, miketramp.dk, and that will be our second interview. Uh, Damon Johnson, of course, is coming up first. I remember Damon when he played in Alice Cooper's band. This would have been around 2004 or five. Uh, saw them with Cheap Trick, saw Alice Cooper and Cheap Trick in Topeka, Kansas, and I was a big fan. I think it was Damon Johnson and Carrie Kelly were the uh, the guitar tandem at the time, and was just a big fan. I always liked Brother Kane, and then uh, the work he went on to do with like Black Star Writers. Of course, he wrote and recorded with Sammy Hagar. Damon's done a lot, a lot of studio and session work, and uh, Damon's got this new album out. I'll tell you what, um, the resulting album, Memoirs of an Uprising, it is a collection that is both fierce and diverse. A powerful springboard for Damon to start his next chapter, collaborating with his longtime friend and songwriter, Jim Johnny Blade Troglin. And we're definitely going to be talking to him uh, about this Pledge Music disaster. Uh, Pledge Music, from everything I can see, 
uh, basically is stealing money from artists. Artists are putting, uh, you know, putting perks in their new albums and some of their recording uh, expenses on, you know, on pledge music for fans to go in there and, and, and pledge money to, to get the album early, to, to get, you know, cool things signed, you know, merchandise and things like that and pledge music. Uh, I know this happened to Queensryche as well. Um, just stole their money apparently. And, uh, we're going to talk to Damon about that too. So great stuff coming up with Damon. going to talk about this new album and, uh, some of his past endeavors and what it was like working with Alice Cooper or Sammy Hagar and, uh, some of those, some of those bands go back to the brother Kane days. Uh, Damon's just a great dude. But before we get to our interview with Damon Johnson, got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. They buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Guys, do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. Give them a visit off Antioch Road in Gladstone today and tell them Music Mania sent you and there will be a discount or it's on us. CD Warehouse in Gladstone for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. Damon, how's it going, my friend? How are you, man? Really well. Nice to talk to you, Clint. Thanks for uh, giving me a little of your time today. Well, uh, likewise, sir. Thanks for giving me some of your time. I tell you what, I've been I've been a big fan of yours and, and dating back and all the things you've done from from Brother Kane, the Black Star Riders, and and your stint with the Alice Cooper Band. Such a fan of everything you've done, but I'll tell you what, everybody's excited, and I know you are, because uh, Memoirs of an Uprising, uh, Damon, this is uh, your solo effort, and it is coming out right here this week. Everybody's excited. What's the feelings like uh, so far for you? What are, what are the emotions coming up here? I mean, this thing's getting ready to go. Uh, Got to be excited about this one. I cannot deny, Clint, there is a celebratory spirit in the air. Um, this has been such a unique uh, I guess you could say path that this album has taken because it started out as just I thought it would be just another kind of side project that I do in the midst of you know juggling five or six other things and there's no doubt man that I got so inspired by this record and, and kind of the momentum that I was feeling creatively artistically and uh, you know, I was definitely thinking at times about what if I just was solo, you know, what would, what would that mean? And I would always kind of talk myself out of it, maybe out of just insecurity. I don't know, man. But back in the last summer, I decided to take the leap and, you know, it took a little while to kind of get things steered in that direction. And, um, you know, it was hard leaving a great band and my great friends and Black Star Riders. But um, this is where we want to be. This is where we are. The record comes out this week. Uh, we're very energized, man. I'm grateful for this moment. I mean, I'm so happy for you. And it, it seems like it was kind of, at least what I've read uh, previously, it was kind of after the Black Star Riders did that tour with uh, with Judas Priest, um, you know, last year, where it, it kind of dawned on you, like, hey, I got to do this. I mean, what 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 was it? What was it about that and that the the timing of that that just made you think this is this has got to be it? I've got to do it right now. It was a combination of a few things. We played up in Detroit, and my wife's family is from Detroit, and the timing was great because uh, she and my kids actually came up from Tennessee to see that show and to see family. So I just remember that night looking off on the side of the stage and seeing my family there and realizing, you know, how little of them I get to see 
unless they're on the road with me. And, you know, it's just not sustainable, man, to have your family on the road. So rock and roll touring is really hard. <laughs> not to mention... Not to mention, you know, kids have lots going on themselves between school and sporting events and, and whatever. So I think that really kind of tipped me thinking in that direction, Clint. And then as the tour went on and, and I was just doing some more soul searching and thinking about where would I be in five years, where would I be in ten years. And we all know the clock is ticking. And, man, I'm so lucky to have the ability to not just play guitar but to write songs, to sing songs to produce my own songs. So uh, I'm grateful, man, for Judas Priest. I'm grateful for Black Star Riders and, and kind of whatever elements combined in that time period to make me go, all right, it's time, I'm doing this. Well, I think that that's what's great about the totality of it and what's great about rock and roll is it can lead you down a path that's clearly led you to this path, memoirs of an uprising, and I'm telling you, this is great. Kind of talk about the, the songwriting process and, and kind of how you were able to uh, put this thing together and also, not only that, but kind of establish yourself uh, vocally singing on this album and, and, and not only that, but you're, you're playing, which is obviously always important, but just talk, kind of talk about the, the structure and how you were able to put this thing together. I had been gathering lots of lyrics, uh, almost maybe not so many song lyrics, but more just freestyle writing, writing some stories, writing some thoughts and emotions and energy. Some of them just maybe maybe some conversation I had overheard, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. How could I make that into a song? So I decided early on in the process to bring my longtime friend, Jim Troglin, in to help me. We've been friends since way back in the early 90s, uh, right about the time Brother Kane got started. And we had played, we had toured together. He was in a different band. And, you know, we've just been friends for so long. And he's, uh, he's kind of a musical genius uh, as far as like getting in there with you and taking a lyric or taking a riff or taking a chord progression and helping you expand that. So he was a key component. Um, but quickly, he and I both realized that we had a ton of good stuff. Uh, he commented often that he couldn't recall seeing me so expressive and kind of filled with things that I wanted to say. And, you know, I've had people come to me and say, hey, man, are these lyrics, are these real life, you know, did these things happen to you? And I said, well, I think a lot of the songs started from something that maybe I experienced. But the cool thing about songwriting is that you know, in the second verse, you can introduce a whole different character. You can just make up something. As long as it makes the song great, as long as it tells the story or completes the idea that you're trying to get across. So I can't remember making a full album maybe ever in my career, Clint, where I had so much fulfillment at songwriting, lyric writing, storytelling. And, and I see it truly as kind of the path forward for me. The guitar playing has always been kind of easy for me. And I'm grateful, man. You know, I've been playing my whole life, and I love to play guitar as much as ever. Writing lyrics was always hard. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a bit of kind of stream of consciousness in a lot of this stuff that I can't really explain how or why it happened, but I'm glad that it did. So I want to try to put myself in the environment to, to maybe have that happen more as I make more solo albums going forward. Well, this is uh, available, you know, on March 8th, and a lot of people talking about this, and 
you know, when it comes to, you know, releasing albums or releasing new music, it's always important to kind of talk about, you know, what kind of medium is going to be available on and where you can get it. And as I understand it right now, you can definitely pre-order it. And as of tomorrow, going to be able to order it, the whole thing off iTunes. What else, uh, what other kind of ways can, can people get hold of this thing, Damon? Clint, I'm so proud of my website and my web store. Uh, my family and I have been working on this behind the scenes, really, I guess, for a few years now. And we've got it so, it looks great, it operates great. And, you know, I'm real proud to share with you that so many of my fans, literally from around the world, are having no problem going to DamonJohnson.com and ordering the CD, ordering this beautiful colored vinyl that we have uh, such a big deal for me, man, because I've never, I've never had a vinyl release. Brother Kane never had a vinyl release, um, and I certainly have never had one as a solo artist. So it's a big, big moment for me. I'm so proud of the artwork and the packaging and everything is, is first class, man. So people can get it, physical mm-hmm. copies, right on my website. Right, it's I'm, out the door. It's out the door within yeah. 48 hours, man. <laughs> You can't beat that service. I'm looking at it right now. This is beautiful stuff. I love the, uh, the especially the vinyl, but the, the CD as well. And you got a, a shirt in there with the, with the same on there. And you know, we got kind of got to get get into a bit of a of a, of a touchy issue right now because uh, this wasn't even in my notes. <clears throat> but I remember the other day on 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 Facebook, you kind of made a post about, and this is not just affecting you. It's apparently affecting a lot of artists. Queensryche is another. Uh, Pledge Music has um, unfortunately not worked out very well for for a lot of artists. Kind of talk about what happened to you, how this happened, and and really what can you say to kind of steer people away? How how did all this happen? I I really don't get it. Well, there's a lot of things that we still don't get either, Clint. I'm so happy to talk about it because, you know, I've kind of kept it close to my vest for a little while just to wait and see how things were going to shake out. And I I would observe some other artists talking about it. And look, regardless who it happened to and to what extent, it's terrible. And And it's so infuriating that any entity would take advantage of what are really a bunch of hardworking independent artists, uh, you know, trying to bring their fans something unique and, and having the fulfillment of having their fans kind of basically fund the making of their records. So for me, I just believe that it's in my best interest to stay out in front of it. Uh, I'm not, I can't, emotionally, man, I'm just not built to look back at stuff like that. You know, it it was a big drag the first week when the reality hit us of what was going on, because obviously we had a lot of those funds earmarked, all of those funds earmarked to help with this album. Manufacturing the physical product, shooting videos, hiring publicists, hiring uh, radio promo staff, you know, uh, all that stuff can get expensive quickly. So uh, that was why we chose Pledge Music. It's been such a successful platform for a long, long time. So uh, it's just unfortunate, man, that the whole thing went turned upside down, and it's almost like some kind of a Ponzi scheme. You know, these guys are just making money that, that wasn't theirs and clearly spending it on other things, and it got away from them. I mean, I don't have any sympathy for them, you know, because it's not, it's not my problem, it's their problem. They just had to be doing it with my money. So, um, again, 
I'm looking forward and not back. You know, I've, I've had, I've told people in my life, it's like, look, we got to operate like we're never going to see that money. We can't sit here and waste time waiting on it and crossing our fingers and hoping it gets worked out. Uh, I just don't feel like that's the kind of world we live in right now, Clint. So the good news, the good news is I feel, you know, my fans are so amazing, man. And so they're coming to the shows, they're bringing their friends, they're buying VIP meet and greet packages, they're buying more CDs and buying all that. Hey, man, we'll get, we'll get through this and, and, and we'll forge ahead and, and maintain this great moment that I'm having as, as kind of launching my solo career. Uh, I think that's wonderfully said. I, I do think that there's, you know, a lot more to this. And it seems like in this day and age, the great thing about the internet and being able to connect with fans and be able to connect to, to artists and be able to do things like pledge music, it's so unfortunate that something like that would, would get taken advantage of and become something that's not viable because I think it's a wonderful thing. So many artists have done this. And, and I mean, quite frankly, you, I mean, you ha- did you have to just incur a lot of these costs you're talking about just out of, out of pocket, didn't you? I mean, that's... Oh, no, listen, man, no question about it. Thankfully, uh, I live here in Nashville, and, uh, man, we've got great people at our bank, and we were able to go and sit with them and explain the situation and say, look, we're going to have to take out a loan because, you know, I've heard the stories of artists having to stop making their new record or stop promoting their new record and man i'm way too far i'm way too forward in the process to be able to do that so you know but at the end of the day it's just money problems and money problems can always get resolved it takes a little time but hey man we're healthy we're positive we got a lot of great songs my band is amazing my fans are amazing and the, and the other thing i want to say about my fans Clint, it's one of the reasons i kind of held off on talking about it because i knew that my fans were going to be furious. Mm-hmm. And, when I put, and when I put my statement out two days ago, they absolutely were furious. Yeah, And, and I don't blame them, because they're like, look, man, we, we gave Pledge Music our money to help our man make his record, this guy that we are fans of and have followed for decades now. And you took that money, and instead of giving it to him to make his record, you spent it on whatever the hell you wanted to. It's a big drag, man. Yeah. Um, Wow. So, you know, I felt, I felt like I worded my statement really well. Yes. I, I really feel like it was forward-looking and like, let's just move ahead, man. And look, maybe they'll find a buyer, maybe they'll come on board and, and right the wrongs and, and, you know, pay these outstanding debts. So that would be great. But, you know, again, I can't, I can't wait around and cross my fingers. I got I to gotta keep working hard, man. And you're definitely going to be do that coming up this this uh, spring and summer because you're hitting the road. Uh, you got a lot going on, David. You've got uh, a solo show coming up with your band in Huntsville, and you do some acoustic shows uh, across California. You're going to be doing a show, I think, with Ace Freely, some shows with the Winery Dogs, maybe I think even some th- Thin Lizzy dates coming up. This is, I mean, this is going to be great. First of all, to get some of these uh, songs off your album to, to perform those live, but on top of that, you just have a really busy summer performing live, don't you? We got a big, a big schedule coming up, and I'm so, so excited about that, man. I've, uh, you know, it's the other thing that this moment has really brought to me that I've, I've been dreaming of really for a long time, Clint, and that's simply to have more say so over my calendar. Um, you know, man, I've been working as a as a professional musician for 30 years now, and I'm grateful to have so many relationships out there. 
you know, I got a, promo- a little promoter friend in Texas and a buddy out in Northern California and another one in Illinois and another one on the East Coast. They're always calling and saying, hey, man, let's book a few shows. I want to bring you in your band. And I was always having to wait, you know, wait. Oh, well, let me see what Alice Cooper's schedule is going to be. Let me, I got to wait and see what Ben Lizzie's schedule is going to be. I don't have to do that anymore, Clint. Yep. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. So, you know, when we got to call in and we could do about a half a dozen dates with my friends in the winery, the Hawks band, we jumped at that opportunity. That's going to be so much fun. I'm going to get me and my band in front of some diehard music fans, rock and roll fans. You just can't ask for a better platform than that. And it's just going to lead to other stuff. Man, we just we just secured a festival date yesterday uh, in Peoria, which is one of my favorite cities, man. And we're going to play with our friends in Clutch, oh. uh, with the fest- festival with them. And, you know, a lot of this stuff has, has got to get added to the, to the tour dates. But uh, it's good, man. I'm a... You know, and the other thing we haven't even talked about, I mean, I'm putting this record out on my own imprint. So mm-hmm. Double Dragon Records is, is, is my label. So it's uh, so like my buddy Robbie says. He says, man, I'm going to get you a sign on your door that says, owner-operator, Damon Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well-deserved. <laughs> well-deserved. Um, oh, I'm so excited for you. So much coming up, Damon. This is so great. Whenever uh, our, our good friend Jody put this in front of me, I was so excited because I was like, I, I love that guy. I love Damon. I mean, I... I remember seeing, uh, first knowing of you, you know, uh, on the Dirty Diamonds tour with Alice Cooper when you guys play with Cheap Trick and just really being a fan. I think Carrie Kelly was the other guitarist at the time, just such a fan of like you guys as a, as a duo there. But, you know, we got to talk about uh, about that because um, it's crazy to think about this. Of course, of all the great things you've done for Black Star Riders to Brother Kane, but uh, two artists you work with very closely, it's crazy, man. They both, they're both, they both turned 70. Sammy Hagar and Alice Cooper are both now in their 70s, and it's unbelievable because they're still performing at such a high level. Uh, Damon, you played with both. What can you say about both of those guys? Obviously, they're very different, but to be still at this level at, at, at their age, it's unbelievable. There are not two greater role models for all of us than Alice Cooper and Sammy Hagar. Um, you know, my kids have grown up with Alice. He is Uncle Alice to them. You know, my, uh, I joined Alice in August of 2004, um, my son was born on a Tuesday. I auditioned for Alice on a Thursday. And, you know, we spent the better part of the next six years touring with Coop and just love him and his family. I mean, he's a master showman. I learned so much about performing, about songwriting with Coop. And uh, he definitely helped me get my golf handicap way down. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, was, I was getting close to single digits, man. Uh, and... Uh, you know, it was just an amazing experience, and, you know, Alice has been so supportive of everything that I've done since leaving his band. He knew how much Thin Lizzy meant to me, and he really encouraged me to take that opportunity to play with them, and, of course, now he's playing my solo songs on his radio show, and, you know, talking about Black, Black Star Riders, he was a big supporter of that, too, so, I can't, Alice is like my big brother, Clint, you yeah. know, of him and his family so much. Sammy Hagar, I've said this since we worked together back in the 90s, he is without question the most soulful human being I have ever met. And um, it's funny you bring up Sammy because even though we we, uh, toured together when he was in Van Halen, and then we wound up writing a couple songs together for his solo album, and I played on his record, 
um, we went a long, long time without seeing each other. And ironically, we both wound up on one of those rock legend cruise ship <laughs> things yep. last year. Yeah. And I was hoping I was going to get to see him. And then first day on the boat, all the artists and their entourage are in this big, giant room. You know, it's almost like a big dining hall. Literally, you know, hundreds, maybe four or five hundred people. It's big room and noisy and all of a sudden, man, I hear somebody yell my name from way across the room, standing up in a chair, waving his arms as Sammy Hagar, looking for me. And it was just such a great feeling, man. And we had a great reunion, and Michael Anthony was there. You know, I love that guy. Look at him. He's been singing like a lord, one of the all-time great rock singers of our time. And he never stops, man. And, he, and he's always positive. He's always helping people. He's always having a great time. And, and that's that's kind of what he stands for, man. Again, that's for a better role model that you want than that. Yeah. Amazing. Damon, I, I just love it. I love the energy, man. I love the energy in your voice. I'm just, I couldn't be more excited for you about everything. We're going to have to come catch you probably at one of these winery dog shows. I'm in Kansas City, so I could definitely get up to Milwaukee or St. Charles there in May to come see a man or Minneapolis. That's all within, within distance for me. I'm going to make that happen. Guys, the album comes out tomorrow. It's, um, I, I can't. I can't stress enough how important it is to, to, to support an artist like Damon, man. You're, you're, you're the best. You're the reason that, uh, you know, the, Stuff like what you do, this must be supported. This is what rock and roll is all about. You're carrying the flag, and can't wish you the best, man. It's uh, DamonJohnson.com. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for uh, everything you just said. By all means, come to a show, look me up, let's get together and have a face-to-face conversation. I appreciate what you just said. Yeah. Um, and the good news is the fans are supporting this. And, you know, the thing that I just tell people is, I tell them how much it means for them to spread the word and just tell people, you know, because it's a really noisy, scattered world that we live in. And it's hard to have something new kind of break through the the cellophane and and poke out and be like, hey, wait, check this out. This is really cool. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm really appreciative to you, Clint, for having me on today. And and thank you for all the the kind words about what I'm doing, man. Oh, Damon. Best of luck, my brother. We uh, we got your back on this. We're going to be p- promoting this heavily coming up, and uh, we appreciate it so much. Just keep rolling, keep kicking ass, keep keep out ahead of it, and we can't think enough. Let's catch up soon, man. You got it, brother. Thanks for this time. All you the bet. best. I'll, I'll see you this summer sometime. Hell yeah, I'll be there. Thanks so much. That was so cool. Damon Johnson, I tell you what, what a cool guy. Uh, that was really something for me. I'm a huge fan of his guitar work. Uh, this album, Memoirs of an Uprising, is tremendous. Please go to his website, DamonJohnson.com. You can check out all the ways to get it. It's available uh, as a physical album. You can get it on digital, of course. You know how things go today. But to support this artist, I mean, he's going to be out there touring, and uh, you can get all the tour dates and the information um, on that. He's going to be doing, I think, a show with Ace Freely coming up here this spring, and um, just a lot going on. Damon's a guy that's kind of had to reinvent himself, you know, leaving Black Star Riders to focus on his solo efforts. That takes a lot of guts, and just all the best to him, you know, going forward. And coming up, we've got Mike Tramp. I tell you, <laughs> Mike is just one of our favorites, and, you know, former voice of White Lion, but, you know, he's one that doesn't look backwards. He's going forwards. He's not going back to any kind of a white line reunion anytime soon. And uh, we're going to catch up with him and talk about all that and much more. Mike, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. How's everything going, my friend? Yeah, my pleasure to talk to you, man. Thank you much. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's been a couple years. It's been too long. You're back in America, Mike. Things are going well. You've got a busy spring ahead. How's everything been going, man? I know it's a busy time for you, but it's got to be a lot of excitement as well. Well, you know, one day I woke up and I realized this is what I've been doing for 42 years, so just keep going. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. You know, rolling on down the highways, stopping, you know, by the byways and all those kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's going well also because I haven't set the bar that high. I accept where we are at the moment or maybe where we will be in the future. So this whole thing with the acoustic guitar in the back of our record car with the with the backseat full of CDs and T-shirts and LPs and this time also cassette tapes. It's just a way of life. And the second you, you sort of like take that to heart, which of course I have done for the past 10 years, it's all good. Mike, you, you strike me as someone like me that, that just loves to get out on the open road and travel. I remember talking to you when you came through Kansas City a few years ago and you literally pulled up in your rental car, but you're by yourself at this point when you do, we're doing the solo acoustic show. And you know, we, we just talked a lot about, you know, kind of traveling. I mean, do, do you enjoy the traveling part? Do you like kind of the cathartic nature of just getting out there and, and hitting, hitting the road? Well, it's sort of like the last time, the last part you were hinting on there, it is exactly cathartic because, because it is not, it's, it's not what, how it was, you know, in, in the heydays of the 80s when we rolled along the highway in the big tour bus sitting there watching movies and just being, you know, like just shoved into the big dressing rooms and onto the big stages and 20,000 people screaming and yelling and stuff like that and then back of the bus moving on and you sort of like, you sort of lose touch with the real, with the with the real world in that way because you're going down the highway and, and the world's so fast everything. Now you're out there and, and not just that you're doing the shows, but you're also dealing with, with your with your own life and how you're feeling and, and everything is so much real, everything around you, there's no illusions anymore. You're sitting there and that is what you're doing. So I have found it incredibly helpful and, and therapeutic in my own own way of dealing with it. Um, I think maybe I'm, I'm more fortunate than most of, of my competition and comrades from the, from the 80s because I accept it, and it's also very close to my own background where I come from, the Copenhagen, Denmark, growing up in a little home and divorced family, never really had a lot. So the second you are, you are sort of down on that level, it feels more like home. And, and here's a little bit of a revelation. Um, I was never comfortable being driven in a limousine between a hotels and arena. I was never comfortable stepping out of a limousine with mirrored sunglasses. I felt really awkward. Um, I was comfortable on the stage. I was comfortable jumping around and doing the show. That's a, but all that, that role you play in between was never me. I've always been the kind of person that, you know, carried my own luggage, my own guitar, never had a bodyguard or anybody, stuff like that. Always was able to, to confront people and listen to if people had gripes with me or whatever and then deal with the issues. And, and the more I have stuck to that, the, the easier I have it dealing with, 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 with the daily life out there. I mean, it, it's kind of like designing the, the acoustic solo show. I come through the front door and I leave through the front door and in between the front door and stage are the audience. So once you face that that is the way every day will be and you embrace it, it's all good. 
Absolutely. And of course, you're out there promoting the new album. It's called Stray from the Flock. Came out back in uh, in January here in America. And I tell you what, this has been a great album. And, and you've been so prolific in recording. And it just seems like the last, you know, five years, five, six years, you've just had a lot to say and a lot of music and energy built up inside you. Talk about uh, Stray from the Flock and uh, just kind of what uh, led you to this and what the reception's been like so far. Well, I actually find myself saying this uh, recently that maybe my first solo album in 97, which was called Capricorn, should have been called Stray from the Flock because at that time I decided to jump into an RV and depart from Sunset Strip, depart from the 80s, depart from all that thing that I was part of, and that in 91 with Wyvine I closed down and I sort of in many ways without ditching or something that I was am extremely proud of and without wide line wouldn't be here today. But when, once I returned home to my soul and, and my music and where I, I come from, um, that is where my music uh, started from again. It, it is sort of um, how it all started way, way before anything else. So in that way, once you start writing about you and speaking your mind and not coloring it up, covering it up or, or, or doing anything else, but you're just yourself 24 hours a day. It is, um, it is very, very easy to deal with um, because it's sort of the way I was raised. Just say how you feel and don't cover it up. You know, so I basically lay everything out on the table, my passwords, my pin code to my, my, my debit card, et cetera, et cetera, you know, just, you know, metaphorically, you know, speaking, <laughs> it's just that my pain, my anger, my happiness, my love, my my disgust with politics and things like that, it's out thrown out in the open, and it's the artist that is speaking, so when you hear the songs, you know it's it, it's it's not a story, it's a fact. Well, you, you mentioned the, the political side of it, and we had some uh, really interesting conversations uh, when we were just hanging out, sitting at the bar here in Kansas City at, at the scene when you were here a few years ago, and I've always found that fascinating. And then you look at songs like on, on this album, um, you know, songs like um, No End to War, for instance, you're very in tune to the, the political climate, uh, especially here in America. How much of that came into play, you know, with this album? Well, a lot. I mean, I'm a little bit of a sucker, and, and, and I realize I've been sucked into the debate. Uh, so no matter where I am, I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, like a playing ping pong, ping pong between Fox News and CNN, and I'm seeing the two battlefields here. This is, this is, this is, this is Gettysburg, uh, anno 2019. Um, because we're dealing with, with people from the same country, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm watching this, and, and I just realize it is just a remix of something that I saw and I, way before. There's nothing new to it. It's just maybe turned up to 11 now, and, and the narrative is just, a little bit more specific now, and and I realize that a lot of, a lot of the carnage that is thrown into the arena is is not for the better of the people, but it's the be- the better for 
the political the party and, and, and its, its status and its stance. There's nothing going on in politics that is the better for the people. It's just better for the politicians. No, and but, you just yeah. basically come back to the dawn of man that, you know, it's, it's, just, it's not going anywhere. It's just words. Yeah. Uh, Mike, it's, it's been an interesting couple of years here for sure since uh, since I've seen you last, man. It definitely is. And this album reflects a lot of different things and a lot of different feelings and a lot of things that you have. And, you know, you're out here on the road. And if my geography has me correct, you're uh, heading towards Cleveland for a show here this week. And just, you know, talk about uh, the, the show and, the, and the, what the, the road's been like for you. You have dates booked up clear until November. You're going to be in um, over overseas and in, in the U.K. and in Germany and in Denmark coming up. But you've got quite a few dates here in the U.S. Talk Talk about this show. I know you did a solo acoustic tour. I believe on this one you have have uh, your full band out there with you, though. Correct? Well, I mean, you know, once 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 I once I start, I mean, I have I have I have a I finish in March here in the U.S. and then I do uh, all of of, uh, of April in the U.K. all solo, and then once I start in in May uh, back home in Denmark, or I should say my birth country, because nothing is really back home. The road is my home. Um, it's full band, and 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 I'm like slowly starting putting the logistics together to do uh, America 2020 with full band. So it, it it's like it's something that now has to happen, and it's to me it's really just a matter of of, of how I can do it. The reason why I go so specific into explaining this is just that to me going on stage has to be musically quality um i cannot I, i'm not going up on stage or to, just to get paid i have to walk off stage feeling great that what i've done is the best i have done and 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 tomorrow will be even better even though it's it's in in many ways the same it's just that um I could easily find four guys that would play for free just for beer and girls, but that's not my intention. My intention is to, the older I get and the more mature and the more experienced that I have, the higher quality I want the show to be musically. Um, you know, we're not going to have explosions, we're not going to have fire, and we're going to play in many bars and big rock clubs. That's not the point. I just want it to be a musical experience, satisfaction at the highest level. That's certainly the case, and if I remember right, you had uh, at least um, a, a couple years ago you had your son out with you playing with you. Is that is that still going on? Yeah, well, another miss too. I mean, this is this is what a father has to do to spend time, quality time with his older son. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> and I, I felt I felt also it was it was it was a life lesson for my son. He's been with me twice on the on the tour. I mean, two times. Uh, you know. Uh, three months and and you know it's i i think you know he gets he starts to understanding what it really is because uh my younger children with my with my with my new wife are sitting home and thinking that dad is just out here having a party and taking pictures with a lot of girls and stuff like that <laughs> after the show they don't understand that i'm doing six or seven hours of driving every day I get up on stage to do two hours on stage, and then I meet meet the people in the audience, you know, um, for almost an hour after the show, and then maybe I get home and I get a few hours sleep, and then I get back on the road. If I'm lucky, I get breakfast. If not, and if I'm lucky, I actually get lunch or dinner. But this is damn hard work. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, no question about it. And you, you mentioned that. You mentioned the way you are with the fans, and I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the way you interact. You talked about leaving, going in the front door and leaving the front door, meaning that you're feeling like at one with your audience. And in, in an era where a lot of your peers uh, from the 80s you know, do do these kind of expensive VIP meet and greets, and it's a big part of the deal now. And I understand in, the, in, in this day and age, uh, artists have to make money doing certain things. But you are really are there for your fans, aren't you? That's a big, that's very important to you. Well, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and be holy. I mean, you know, it all ties in together. It's all together. I mean, you know, rock and roll touring is my work. It is my life. Um, it is how I survived. I have only done this, but this is the only uh, way I have made money in 42 years. Uh, I'm blessed that I've written every song that I've recorded. Uh, maybe you could just take two songs out of there. Um, of course, some of the songs I've written together with my songwriting partner Vito Broad and Wildlife. But I mean, I am I'm you know I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a a performer. I am an artist. You know, like dealing with my own crafts. You know, and 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 that this is just what I do. And when you look back and you've done this for forty two years, you realize it is your life. It is your life, and and it's not that I'm ca- not capable of doing other things um, when I take breaks and I'm, I'm back in Denmark I live on my brother's ranch and we, we together raise um, uh, organic cattle and, and that way and, and I'm out there you know working on the fences and building every day but to me it's more just a break from the music so I can get hungry again in that way but I can't suddenly go apply for a job at Home Depot and make my life work that way I don't have a big house matter of fact I don't even have a home to my name um, etc etc so I just accept and I embrace what I have and I try to do something that's realistic realistic doable and, and in that way um most things that I do succeeds. Well, no question about that. And, you know, you, it seems to me like, you know, just the, the prolific nature of the things you've done. You did the, the trio of, of, of acoustic albums. You've done so much. But, you, you know, you look back and so many, um, you know, the, the albums with White Line, you know, things like Pride and, and Main Attraction and Fight to Survive and those albums that were so, you know, wonderfully reaching. You still hear them on, on Hair Nation on Sirius XM. But how much is it for you today, just the, the, the personal satisfaction of what you're doing, being a true artist in every sense of the word, being a, a singer-songwriter? The, d- does the personal satisfaction that you experience today outweigh the kind of the excess of, of what you had in the 80s? Well, it's very important that your listeners understand that um, this is sort of the aftermath of what I've been through. I also didn't start singing about a life before I had lived the life. Um, and when I was in White Lion, that's what, what we were doing at that time, and I thought at that time in my life that was the most important thing, and I I ate up and I took everything that was thrown my way and I, and, and I went with it. And now, 30 years after uh, our third album, Big Game, uh, were released, um, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, an old bear with a lot of, lot of knowledge of how the jungle and the forest works. And, and, and I just try to sort of like both uh, adapt and adjust to my surroundings, but my music comes natural. My music has not been changed to fit anything. My music 
if there's 100% pure my tramp, of course, in my music, you will hear my heroes, you will hear my inspiration, because I was raised in a home where my mom played Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, all the time. So I am raised in, in sort of the style of music that I'm continuing at the same time, along the way has ACDC arrived, you know, and Tom Petty and Springsteen and, and all the stuff is, is the world that I'm sort of traveling in. And the, and the four white line albums are the four white line albums and, and live um, with the acoustic guitar, I play some of the versions of the white line songs, the way they were written before they became band songs, you know? So, you know, it all ties together that you, I am my tramp from white line, but I'm my tramp in 2019. I'm, I'm, you know, you can't lie about your age. I mean, I'm 58 years old. I'm doing well and I'm singing the best I've ever done, but I'm singing what I can today. I'm not singing what I can't, and I can't be my tramp 1988. Uh, absolutely, and Mike, you, you you look great, you sound great, everything about you, man. We just respect it so much, and uh, definitely hope to see you out here on the road here as you continue. Best way to get a hold of the album, of course, it's straight from the flock. It is on uh, your website, MikeTramp.dk. You've got some really cool features here. You've got a, li a limited edition um, LP gatefold and orange vinyl. Really wonderful looking packaging. The, the cover is awesome. Kind of depicts you as your life on the road there. You uh, uh, with the motorcycle and the endless road behind you, Mike. Always great stuff from you, and we can't wish you the best of success and great stuff on the new album. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you much. It's me who's grateful, both to you and, and the rock and roll fans out there that keep supporting. I mean, without that, I wouldn't have any place to go. Mike, I'll tell you, this as just as a quick personal note, you were the, the first guest we ever had on this podcast uh, back in 2013. Um, 120 episodes later and, and more than 50 concerts and more than, uh, you know, 100 artists interviewed, you were the first one. You laid the groundwork for us, and without you, you know, we wouldn't be here either. So can't thank you enough, man. It means a lot. Oh, uh, my pleasure man my door's always open to you appreciate it mike we'll talk soon my friend you got it brother thank you thanks again to mike tramp and i was glad you know i was able to kind of thank him at the end for uh, all the times he's been on the show and helping us get to this point i tell you without guys like jeff pilson from foreigner uh, Mike Tramp, Ryan Roxy from Alice Cooper's band. Those are the original three. Those are the three artists that we would not be here without. I mean, those guys got us backstage at concerts. I remember the first time I went backstage for Alice Cooper. Um, they were opening for, uh, Alice was opening for Motley Crue on their uh, final tour. And uh, Ryan put us on the guest list, went back there, and we'd only done a couple shows at that point. We were just trying to get our footing under us. And now to think, you know, all these years later, here we are, I think 118 episodes into the podcast. And of course, guys, you can get that. We always hope that you'll subscribe on either Google Play or iTunes, uh, either one. I mean, if you have a smartphone, you have this show. You have the opportunity to listen, and we always appreciate the interaction. Um, tweet, uh, tweet us at musicmania underscore show. If you have uh, some feedback, a guest you'd like us to bring on, we will definitely do our best. Um, all of our stuff is archived on the website, musicmaniapodcast.com. That's where you can check out um, all of our previous episodes of this podcast and all the concert reviews that I do. If I'm at a concert, I'm reviewing it and it's in our archives. It's on the website. So we always appreciate that guys. We are on to spring and better weather, live events, 
the concert tours are rolling out. Guys, things are only going to get better from here. It's a time for live music, cold drinks, your buddies, the boat, the lake, whatever it is that you guys do. It is, it's not far off in the horizon. We always appreciate you joining us on this show. Always love the interaction. We've got more big guests coming up next week. we got so many interviews backlog. We're going to have to do two guests. And next week, it's just going to get bigger. We've got Michael Wilton from Queensryche and John Five. Uh, from Rob Zombie's band going to be joining us next week so two amazing guitarists from two big bands coming up next week guys thank you so much for joining us here on the Music Mania Podcast drop us a line at the website musicmaniapodcast.com and we'll catch you guys next week